Thomas, I've got a little riddle for you of sorts. Yes, Matthew? If a podcast is recorded but never edited, is it still a podcast or is it just a conversation? Oh, that, that's a good one, Matt. I guess it's still a podcast because it was um, devised as being a podcast. You're very wise, Tom Parry. Let's get into it. It's Tom on that attack. What was all that about? <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I had I had this little uh, internal query um, after not editing what is now last week's or Friday's oh. episode of this podcast yes. for two weeks. I know that. <laughs> was it okay that episode? Yeah, no, it was. It was. It was all good. Um, I was. I was worried I, there was something wrong with it. No, 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 no. There was nothing wrong with it. There was just a lack my of makeshift time. Setup, my end. My makeshift setup at the time. I was wondering if uh, you were picking me up okay on the microphone. It was a little loud compared to your usual thing, oh, perhaps. Okay. Okay. I hope I managed to mix it okay, but I mean, generally speaking, it was I fine. can be a bit loud on these podcasts sometimes. Suddenly, I, suddenly, I think. I, I think, I think it's, it's our talk. microphones. To be honest with you, I think that while we were doing it together, we both had the same mic. I think your mm. mic is better at picking up mm. changes in. Vocals. So we oh, should God. have the I... same mic. Well, to be fair, I just need to invest in a better one. Anyways, this, this right. is not about making a podcast. This is not like, God, within the actor's studio of podcasting. This is us doing a podcast. How are you, Tom Parry? Oh, you right? yes. I'm, I'm quite all right, thank you. Uh, doing, keep on keeping on. That's what I'm doing. Good. I, I, I think everyone is trying to do very much the same I, thing. I tell you I, what, Matt. Yeah. How are you? Oh, that's a tricky question. No, I'm I'm fine, honestly. Um, it was just a very busy two weeks, and to be honest with you, the podcast kind of became one of those things. Where I was like, oh no, I need to edit it. I'm just gonna edit it on Sundays afterwards. Well, this is a, this a is thing, thing that makes it? sure it gets done. I mean, there's, there's, there's a bit been going on behind the scenes for me, so it's hard to keep up with some of these things when there's other things that, the, obviously, they take priority. Um, yeah, Blast Processors, uh, I haven't done much on that for a while, but it seems to be doing okay without me, the the YouTube channel yeah. this is. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, haven't done a, I haven't done a biographic in two months at this point, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so much so that I've started even working on something else that isn't necessarily biographic, but I guess I will post on biographic. Mm. I don't bloody know. So now, you're not going off Game Boys, are you, Matthew? You're still very no. Much, uh... Well, no, no, I'm not going off Game Boys as a whole thing. But I, I wanted. I, I'm not. I'll, I'll tease it here a little bit. It's not far along enough that I really am comfortable in saying what I want to do with it. But I, I, I wanted to kind of look at some stuff around video games through a design lens of like graphic design lens, and was mm. like, okay, this could be quite a cool thing. So, it's well, a that's tease. combining. I'm not going to say more than that. Passions, isn't it? That's like a passion collision, which was an explosion <laughs> of uh, <laughs> of of goodness. 
Exactly. Well, hopefully. Let's see. I mean, to be fair, it was just one of those things that I had I had tried to do research on for my own peace of mind of, I think this could be quite interesting, and then not really finding anything. and was like, oh, maybe I should do something on this. Maybe people mm. would actually want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's see. I'm well, not going to say more I, I will. That. Matthew? So. Thank you, Thomas. But as long as are, I'm you watching, what else, does, you know, what else do you it's need? It's true. That's true. And as long as you out there, dear listeners, are watching youtube.com forward slash pornographic, then it's all good. Um, yeah, I yeah. so doing other stuff. Also, work, also working on some other stuff that's not related to games, but also Japanese learning that hopefully I'll be able to divulge a bit more about in the future. I'll tell you off, Mike, Tom. Um, okay. Yeah, so other stuff going on in the background as well. So not a lot of time for games. Like, no, no. Are you um, talking about them or playing them? I, I made... Um... Time for Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury just recently. And being obviously a portable game as well, I was able to, uh, you know, make the most of that too. So, as someone who likes um, Mario 3D World, and as someone yourself, Tom Parry, who has played that game through to its entirety, I believe you did beat that, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I was going to say... I, I remember feeling like that game could just go on more, more. I was enjoying it so yeah. much, and then it ended. It's not often that I'll play a game that leaves you wanting more. Usually they're so bloated and overlong that by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, oh, gosh, thank God, I can move on to something else now. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, listeners of this podcast will, will back me up in the assertion that I could probably count the number of games I remember you saying you've completed on this podcast mm. on the on my two hands so when one does get beaten by you i'm also like okay that's a mark of quality about this game that tom parry has actually taken the time to beat it so yeah it just controls so well plays so well leaves a smile on your face it's mario 3d world Uh, i think it's wonderful it's less about exploration 3d world isn't it it's more like the traditional uh left to right mario but with the 3d perspective Uh, and it's done incredibly well i remember thinking at the time it's like you know 3d land was great you know when it was taking 3d land and basically adding the multiplayer elements into it i haven't played 3d land for a very long time but uh from what i remember the, the two games are very similar perhaps it was even a more refined version uh 3d world which is with the cats the cat stuff was great i like that yeah, um, maybe at first I thought it was a bit gimmicky, but actually, you know, it's a good power up. And uh, yeah, I have to say, Bowser's Fury makes a very good use of the 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 cat uh, idea, the concept of of cat characters. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I, for me, I I didn't own a 3DS. You were a 3DS ambassador because you had. I wasn't one very quite. Early on. <laughs> I mean, you did have, like, you got all the Game Boy Advance games and stuff, though, right? Like, for that window um, where Nintendo was apologising no, for no, not shipping no, any games. No, I didn't, because I got my 3DS when 3D Land came out. Really? 3D Land was the okay. push I needed to get a... Much in the same way that Odyssey gave me the push to get a Switch, 3D Land was, yeah. I need to get a, a 3DS now. I mean, to be fair, like, you telling me about 3d land and then me borrowing your 3ds to play 3d land was the thing that ultimately then got me to buy the xl when the xl came out yeah so i i mean i liked that game a lot i didn't think it was anything 
like, oh my god, this is the best Mario game I've played. But as we've kind of discussed on this podcast over time, I'm not the biggest lover of 3D platform, as it turns out, and I thought that was a particularly good one. It's a very thought... accessible 3D platform by its yeah, nature. Yeah, it is. You know, and the same is to be said about 3D World and the Switch version as well. I also just thought it was a very good showcase for the 3D potential uh, that, you know, was never used as well in any other game as t- typically sounds mm. to be the thing with Nintendo That's a games. great point, actually, because, of course, it was designed for the 3DS originally, taking full advantage yeah. of that system's capabilities. And when it came to the Wii U, so like, oh, yeah, this is... The 3D gimmick wasn't a gimmick anymore. It, you know, it was evident that the 3D was more than just the the 3ds uh, 3d effect it was actually in, uh, tied to that gameplay and yeah. and it was as much about the gameplay as it was about the uh, 3d effect that the 3ds gave you it, it proved the worth of that um design choice yeah if that was a terrible sentence but uh no i, I, think I you get, get what you mean you get where i'm coming from <laughs> No, I I mean, we, we talked about this at the time. Like, listeners can go back and kind of talk about it, listen to our, us talking about our feelings of 3D World on this very podcast because it's been going long enough to do that. And I mm. I just remember a very having a lot of fun with that game, it being very accessible. It was nice to play in co-op with my then-girlfriend, now wife, and them, Nintendo, not being afraid to just do one or two really good levels with a really good gimmick and then go, yeah, cool, we're not going to do that in the next world. We're going to do something else entirely. And yeah. I think the constant surprise of that game is probably what propelled you through it and what made me really stand up and take notice of it. Because I, I bought New Super Mario Brothers Wii U and I played it because it was nothing else to play. But, I mean, I wasn't really bowled over by it. Well, it's 3D Land. I was like, this is amazing. 3D World, sorry. Yeah, 3D World, I think, is the better game out of the the two there. And the fact that it does introduce the multiplayer aspect does make it comparable to uh, New Super Mario Bros. Wii U. That's that's a hell of a title, isn't it? But um, I probably wouldn't have picked this up on the Switch uh, because having, you know, obviously I love the original on the Wii U. But do I really need a portable yeah. version of that? So the push I needed was Nintendo to offer a little something more, and they did that with uh, yeah. Bowser's Fury, which is essentially like a a whole different world. It's an add-on because it's not you know it's Bowser's Fury tacked on to 3D World, but it's its own thing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, but. They've taken some bold design choices. I don't know how much you know about uh, Bowser's Fury. I am oblivious to it purposely because I wanted you to talk about it on this okay, podcast. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do, I'll do my I'm bit. I'm going to pick it up. So I'll do my bit about it now. It's an open world, basically. It's got a reasonably long yeah. initial load time. It opens up. Um, it's a load of islands. And as you progress through the game, more of the environment opens up. But each right. island is really like a mini world. It's like a world in a Mario game on the map, you know, okay. where you normally use the map to traverse to the next world. You do it all in real time. And because it's all separated by water, that um, little monster, that little sea creature comes into yeah. play who's in 3D Which, world. It, to be fair, is probably like those those levels when you're riding on the back of that monster probably my favorite memory of 3d world well to be they're honest, great so. and uh, they really encourage the teamwork as well 
Um, in this, he's used really to get you from A to B. Um, yeah. As soon as um, Bowser's... Basically, the plot for Bowser's Fury is that baby Bowser needs Mario's help because uh, Bowser has got covered in black goo and turned into Giga Bowser. Okay. So uh, uh, Bowser Jr. asks... Did I say baby Bowser or Bowser Jr.? Anyway, it's Bowser Jr., I think. I get confused yes. with those two. Anyway, that's for Mario's help. And because Mario's a lovely guy, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll help you out. Okay. Um, so <laughs> it's really unique. Um, basically, look, baby Bowser follows you around. And if you were to play two-player, um, in a similar yeah. way to Galaxy, the second player can interact in a Galaxy-type way. They can attack enemies. They can pick up objects and such. But when you're playing single player, you can give the computer a little control over Baby Bowser just to help you out a little bit, maybe attack a few enemies, for example. Yeah. Or you can give him various degrees of contro um, control. So oh, you can cool. make him do a lot more, but I put it on the very minimum. And yeah, yeah that I find he doesn't really get in the way like that. Occasionally, um, you can use him to unlock little secrets. There'll be some graffiti on the wall, and if you... Uh, get him to interact with it, you can get maybe a power-up or open a different area or something like that. Right. That's so cool. he's there in the background flying around. Uh, you're traversing through these different islands, going from island to island, getting uh, cat shines, they're called, I think. Um, okay. Once you collect uh, a cat shine, it opens up a, a lighthouse, and it's, it's this dark and light thing going on. So every so often, everything will go dark, and Giga Bowser will appear and kind of, as you're just playing through the regular game, he'll sort of make things more difficult by throwing fire at you and stuff. So he's like Nemesis. Yeah. Mr. X. Yeah. That's amazing. He doesn't stick around for too long. And sometimes actually he can help out because he can like create these towers, which you can jump on uh, like yeah. a molten sort of rock that actually can help you get to certain areas. But you've really got to sort of watch out for him through those sections. And I think okay. that, I don't know if they're timed in what you're particularly doing at any time, because I was doing a getting a, a catch shine that involved me going to this huge tower. And it was quite a bit difficult platforming, and, and right then Giga Bowser struck, and so not only did I have to do all this platforming, I had to watch out for all his uh, fireballs and such. But <laughs> it made funny. it really exciting, and it really kept me on edge. Um, but then. When you've collected so many of the cat shines, um, you can act the giga the giga bell will become active. Right. This bell will allow Mario to size up to the same scale as um, Giga Bowser. Is he called Giga Mario then? Um, Canonically, I don't know. I think the cat version. Because if you're in the cat costume, you actually change your appearance quite drastically, and he grows like Super Saiyan hair, and he's ready to fight uh, Giga Bowser. <laughs> That's but super you, cool. You can fight him as just regular Mario, but you will just have to rely on uh, the opportunities to ground pound him when he when he falls over. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. When so the the bell comes active, the next time Bowser's due to appear, what you can do is you can go to the bell now once you've got so many of the shines, and, and do the transformation, right. and then take him down a bit. So, so far in the game, I've done enough to have that boss battle with him twice. Okay. I've done quite a lot of shines on quite a lot of the islands, and it's saying at this point now, you might want to go back to some of the other islands and pick up some of the shines you've missed. 
Now, right. I don't know if that means that there aren't any more areas going to open up, or I could probably do with picking up a few of these other ones. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know how do long it is. I don't have a clue. I was gonna, I'm literally about to look that up because I, I've that's got, what I'm curious about. I think how I've got 15 it? to 20 cat shines now. I couldn't tell you exactly how long I've played it, maybe for just a couple of hours, I'd say. Right, okay. I, the, the how long to beat page on this seems very strange because it says Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury main story five hours, and I'm like, is that just Bowser's Fury? Because, I mean, I remember playing 3D now, World. I, I think 3D World isn't a long game because, as I said before, I remember wanting more. No, because I mean, I look at the Wii U version of 3D World. And it says ten and a half hours. Oh, and I'm okay. Like, that fight that seems more about right in my head compared yeah. to where. Yeah. Well, we fair enough. It. Maybe I was enjoying it so much I didn't know I was playing for that long, which is probably what it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Bowser's Fury being about five hours makes sense based on the couple of hours I played with it so far. Uh, yeah. But it's a wonderful experience, and uh, it's different obviously to regular 3d world because it has an exploration element yeah but it's not like it's not as hard as something like galaxy for instance you don't necessarily always have to think about things as much at least at this point in it i'm playing there was a more difficult sort of shine i got uh, where i had to climb this tower but the tower was invisible and that that was quite that was quite tricky, but you usually kind of know there's always something on the horizon for you to find. So after you finish one shine, you never spend ages wandering around trying to find the next one. It's sort of like no. right, I can see that island in the distance. I can see that lighthouse is still covered in black goo. Obviously, I haven't got all the shines in that area. Yeah, I'll go over, get all whatever five shines in that area, activate the lighthouse and uh, then find the next lighthouse that needs uh, activating. Yeah. I So it isn't like traditional 3D World, right? It's just a co-op experience when you do... Yeah, play. yeah. You can only play two players, and I think always okay. one player's got to be Baby Bowser, uh, Bowser Jr. Sorry. <laughs> you keep saying Baby Bowser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mar yeah okay. That's fair. Um, I, I'm going to pick it up anyway. I think. It's a joy I... to play. I mean... I think it's the purest platforming. You can, and what I really like about it is, as I really like three D World, of course, um, and I really do like regular three D Mario platformers. But this is like the yeah. best of both. You merge everything that's great about three D World with with a lot of the really cool stuff about the, the the bigger Mario games. Yeah, and you end up with. And also add such a lot of unique ideas, like the whole Giga Bowser thing, the whole concept of this giant Bowser coming to attack every so often is, is fairly unique. And also yeah. it's full of new ideas, full of new platforming ideas, new sort of challenges you might not have necessarily done in previous Mario games. Okay. Um, so it feels fresh. It's a wonderful sunny world, of course, until, obviously, that Bowser strikes. Everything goes black and rain. You, you notice the rain starts. When the rain starts and this little music comes in, it's like, okay, he's coming soon. It gives you yeah. a little bit of a, a warning. And then 
he appears and it's quite it's a beautiful game you know um graphically as well it makes me wonder what could be benefited from an upgraded switch i know you could probably add it i know this has been talked about recently that's why i mentioned it but you could add the yeah. 4k thing in but uh, is it necessary you know i so i the reason i would kind of do this is I've seen something about people saying that there's now a version of Super Mario 64 that runs in with like ray tracing, and apparently it looks amazing. It's just this the light. Ga- I think this is game the only looks amazing, now. though. You know, Bowser's I, Fury I, looks fantastic. I mean, 3D World looks great, but Bowser's Fury, wow! You know, yeah. the reflections and and the water on Mario. You know, his Tanuki suit and it gets yeah. wet and things like that. It's just beautiful. It's, it glistens. It's. Uh, I mean, to to play complete devil's advocate to this, like I I, I don't want to sound flippant when I'm talking about ray tracing, but like when I see ray tracing in things like Control, I'm like, okay, that looks obviously better, but I mean, it doesn't really affect gameplay. The cool thing for me would be seeing how Nintendo would be able to use something like ray tracing to create like amazing puzzles that no one's thought of yet. So that's why oh, I'm, right, I yeah. always like new hardware for Nintendo because it always like they always do something mental with it. Yeah, it, it. Let's see, let's see. But right now, playing Bowser Fury, I do wonder, you know, why you need a new one. Other than the fact they need to fix the Joy Cons, because I'm getting that drift on the left Joy Con now. I hear that there is also drift on PlayStation Five controllers. I heard this too, which isn't which isn't very reassuring, is it? That this drift thing no. is becoming more and more uh, dominant within uh, modern video games. I don't like it. No, I, it was one of those things where I was just like... But as long as I play on the TV with the Pro Controller, yeah. then all's good. Yeah, I, I need a Pro Controller. That's that's the gist of it. I play so much in handheld mode that mm. I'm not bothered to get a Pro Controller, yeah. and I need to. It's to be really fair, g- I, oh, a really good controller. Oh, God, yeah. get this right. In the, in the Danish supermarket of all places, they have the Demon X Machina joy Oh, that thing. <laughs> and I, I keep looking at them because I have Demon X Machina and I haven't played it specifically because I want to get those Joy-Cons. And like, they're still 50 quid. And I'm like, man, who gives a fuck about Demon X well, Machina it, in this it, day and age? Reduce them. It's cheaper them. than a uh, Pro Controller. Yeah, I but my more expensive than Mario 3D World. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what's good. I got it from a shop too for like 42 quid. Its retail I... price is 50. So I was like, ah. Uh... I just I looked on uh, everyone's favorite Danish supermarket, not sponsored of the podcast, yeah. uh, Bilka, and it's around four hundred DKK a year. So I mean, I probably could get a bit cheaper, but I might just pick it up later because I think it'll be fun to play. Uh, yeah, and of course, it's three D World's still a great game. I was playing it with my girlfriend uh, at the when I with her, and it was great. You know, she really enjoyed it as well. It is a, and I think the levels are designed in such a way that they do encourage teamwork. And yeah, they do, do encourage you to say, oh, you do that, and I'll do this. Yeah. Um, in a way that um, New Super Mario Brothers didn't quite manage. No, 100% yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Like that, like I said to you, I have only played 3D World in co-op with my wife. Um, yeah. And the reason, the only reason we stopped is because we moved out of the apartment that you and I shared, and yeah. I didn't have a copy of it. Oh. So... And you still you, you do have a copy of it now, don't you? I do Wii U? have a copy yeah. of it now, but I don't my Wii U's upstairs somewhere. Like I've picked it up in a flea market since, but I I want to grab this one so we can actually mm. play it together. Um, just a quick note on how the touchscreen stuff works. You hold down R, I think, and then you a cursor comes up, and you can because there were some touchscreen parts in 3D World. 
I don't even remember them. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they, they were quite quite good, if I, if I recall. But you can easily um, negotiate them using the, the the control methods that they've they've put into this. Okay, I was that's good. Trying to think about anything else that was different in this version. Uh, oh yeah, apparently Mario runs run his walk is faster. Of course, he's always okay. got that boost run when you hold down a button. But I read um, that at standard, he moves a lot quicker even when he's just walking. Yeah. It speed. I guess it speeds up the gameplay a little. It doesn't feel weird. It feels like it's supposed to be like that. I haven't gone yeah. back and played the Wii U version, though, to, to see what that's like. But uh, this feels great, and it, it looks... So to me, at least the same as the Wii U version. I think if you went in with a fine tooth comb, you could probably find some slight hey, differences, man. but nothing major. I mean, I felt that way about Wind Waker, though. I think Nintendo's just very good at making... polishing games in a way that makes you think that that's what they've always looked like, because that's what mm. they look like in your head through the lens of nostalgia. Yeah. Uh, Bowser's Fury also has a photo mode. And when it, within photo mode, I think it even crisps up the visuals a little bit when you move into photo mode so you can have some extra sure. crisp looking. Uh, not that it looks bad, but I think it does something to it that makes it look a little bit sharper. That's cool. So that's it. That's, that's, that's Mario 3D mode. World and Bowser's Fury. Totally recommend it. And I'm the kind of guy who refuses to buy Mario Kart 8 because I have it on Wii U. <laughs> I think Bowser's Fury has enough new and exciting things in it to actually warrant a purchase of this, if you don't, even if you don't want 3D World again, which you might as well because it's a great game. And now you can yeah. play it portably. Yeah. Like I said, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, there you go. So I've been playing that. How about you, Matt? Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, I, I to be fair, like I haven't really played a lot in the last two weeks. I've been slowly chipping away at Final Fantasy fourteen, getting up to speed there. Obviously, they did the the big announcement that there's going to be a new expansion in the fall this year. Oh God, I can't remember the blinking name of it because I'm not that far into the game yet. But that was a very interesting presentation. There's going to be new jobs, new level caps, everything else, like the standard stuff you kind of expect with an MMO. Oh, I need to tell you the name of it because the end is alluding to the fact that this 10-year arc almost of Final Fantasy since A Realm Reborn is coming to an end, and they, they do that in an on-so-subtle way by including the word end in the title. I just can't oh. <laughs> remember what it blinking was. Um, But, yeah, essentially speaking, they are going to do a lot with the game from sorts of things but they also said that they will they are they're going to end the current story but they're not going to end final fantasy 14 it's just the the arc that they've been talking about for so long because i guess they've realized yeah while it's cool for people who are still getting into final fantasy 14 like myself and still are reliving that story like i've said to you a couple of times it's called Endwalker. i knew it was something nonsense right yes there's this whole zodiac arc that they've been doing all of these years a bit inaccessible if you are not willing to go through and play however many hundreds of hours of content which obviously most people aren't willing to do to be fair, even I've been doing slowly. I I burst through the first two expansions. I was like, okay, this this could be an all-consuming thing, and I could get up to speed with Shadowbringer, but 
I'm just going to take my time and just chip mm. away at it. You know, I've noticed it being advertised a bit more lately. I can't recall where on the internet, probably yeah. somewhere. But uh, there seems to be a, a push to get more people playing, or it's just really popular at the minute. They're, they're riding a wave of popularity and getting a few more people on board. Ah, uh, to be fair, like I, the reason I got into it was because Shadowbringers was coming out whenever that was, mm. and they they just very good, I think, at marketing the game around those windows where they've and launched an expansion or are planning to launch an expansion. Yeah, because the last so, one they didn't really do much marketing, did they? I never really saw it if they did. I did. <laughs> That's how I got into the game. Oh, was that like, eleven? Um. Oh no, I. I'm talking for 14 now around Shadowbringers. Oh, no, I'm talking about, um, that, like, 11. You know, I, I that was sort of always in the shadows to me, sort of like no one talks about it. It had people playing it, but it wasn't talked about much. I, to be fair, I just don't think MMOs were that big back then. Like, I mean, I, I specifically joined a guild to play Final Fantasy XI before Final Fantasy XI was launched, and that's how I ended up playing PSO and all these other things. Right. Is it because so. it was on PS2? Was it also on PSPC or? Uh it was on PS. It was on PC to start with. Like that was the the oh. main place it was. I had to get a new PC to play it. Oh. It eventually came out on PS2 in Japan, I think. But I think over here, like in the West, I think it was primarily PC. It may have launched on a console. I definitely launched on the 360 eventually, but at the time i think it was primarily pc until like two or three expansions in yeah i know very little about it really obviously i don't follow uh the mmos uh it was very hard (laughs) is is all i'll say i'd played at the time i'd played a bit of wow bounced off that i played lots of star wars galaxies and really enjoyed that and i played some other things like runescape and everquest and one or two other things I I remember playing Final Fantasy XI and going on, wow, this is really hard. I like this because it's a Final Fantasy game, but this combat system feels weird, and obviously they they used it in twelve, and it's kind of that active combat system kind of became the standard for Final Fantasy. But yeah, mm. I, I remember mm. not really liking it. It all looked very dingy in a way that yeah. Final Fantasy went through that period of being like after ten being very bright and vibrant it kind of went more uh, did like nine was yeah well what um 12 as well wasn't 12 yeah uh, a little like that style a bit more yeah muted well or... 12 uses the same engine so like, yeah i thought those two were somehow related yeah i think 12 does combat better than 11 does and obviously they had to refine stuff as they went along but 14 kind of takes the best bits of 11 and makes it a modern MMO and they've kind of been a bit hamstrung by the code for the original Final Fantasy 14 like pre-Realm Reborn when obviously they launched an RPG that people didn't like and then they took a year to refine it and then relaunched it. Yeah. It has kind of hindered them for a long time and I think up to Shadowbringer was when they reworked a lot of stuff and there's there's still a lot of legacy things they can't do and to be honest probably Endwalker's a, a thing where they're going to go okay these old systems will be in the background but we're really going to move on with graphical style and all this other stuff so let's see it's gonna be fun anyway that was a little bit of a conversation i didn't plan on having that was just a segue to say i haven't really played a lot but <laughs> what i did play was a short hike ah short hike i have played through a short hike it's not a long game as the title suggests 
but a very enjoyable yes. one I found. What was what's your opinion on a short hike for the Nintendo I liked Switch? The, yeah, I liked a short hike on the Nintendo Switch. Um, I. Well, I mean, you kind of talked about it all already, right? It's it's a very whimsical world. It's a very, it's a very small space, um, but it is definitely more like a sandbox than I was expecting. Hmm. I had thought it was going to be quite linear, and then you can actually go around and do a lot of stuff. And oh yeah, I thought before I started playing, it was going to be linear as well. That you could just do whatever you want. Um, you go on this island, you kind of run around and explore. And as you, you talked about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you go around, you find golden feathers which allow you to climb or to jump. And essentially what you're trying to do on the island is gather as many gold feathers as you can so you can get to the top of Hawkline Peak, I think it's called, mm. the the mountain range. Um, and you can do that in a variety of ways. You can literally just explore, which is what I mainly did, and find money to buy the feathers or you can partake in mini games. Um, for example, there's one with like stick volleyball. Essentially, I can't yeah. remember what it's actually That's called right. in the game. Yeah. You play this little mini game, or you can help a man out who by trading him a shovel uh, for a, a little toy shovel for a regular shovel, which feels yeah. a bit like a Zelda style like puzzle quest. Because then you can help out another person with a metal it's, detector uh... and. There's, There's races of, as well. There are races. I've not done any of the races. I couldn't oh. figure out how to start them. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah. If you meet a character who challenges you, you to a race, uh, and then you race them, it's what I remember. <laughs> I read a sign of that person telling me, I'll wait for you by the lighthouse so we can race. And then I went to the lighthouse and the person wasn't there. And I was like, there's all these poles with like strings around them, which are clearly like guiding things for a race path, but I can't find the person did that do, should be racing. Did you do the headband thing where you? I you, did do the headband yeah. thing, yeah. I think there are probably certain ones you that are just on your way on the path yeah. that you will inevitably end up doing. But they're they're a colourful bunch of characters. I think a lot of the they charm are. lies in some of the dialogue there and the look of the game and the music is particularly nice and the control is nice and tight and it is. And then it all ends with a little bit of a you know a poignant and a poignant note. I'd say it that I wasn't expecting. Note. You know, no, me neither. Yeah, I I'm going to play through it again. Actually, I realised as I was playing through it and I was like, well, a lot of this game is about the dialogue. I should should play it in english first so i understand it but there is a japanese option so i'm going to look to play through it again because it's it's about an hour two hours max to play through that game mm, i played it so, in two sittings how about you man i played it in one one um, okay makes sense i i sat down i i put my headphones on i was like okay i know this game's about an hour to two hours let's sit down my wife wanted to watch some film that i had no interest in and i was like okay you watch that i'm gonna play this Hmm. Um, so I put my headphones on, got my switch in my lap, and I played through it once. It and I really enjoyed it. Hmm. And no Joy-Con drift. No Joy-Con drift. No. Do you get it occasionally? I have. Oh, I don't want to jinx it. I I haven't experienced it touching all the wood around me on my yellow controllers, my neon arms. Ones. Ah yes, on my grey launch set. ones. Yeah. I definitely had it very early on, which is yeah. why I bought another pair of Joy-Cons. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, let's not take that away from 
a short hike being a a strong recommendation or what, what would yeah. your for me at least what, what would your feelings be i mean i i wouldn't say strong recommendation i'm not like oh my god you must play this game but i do think it is i mean a it's on sale at the moment i'm not sure if it still is but it definitely was when i picked it up for about mm. like three quid which mm. for three pound is a oh, steal wow. yeah. um i i played it and yeah i really enjoyed it i think it, it it's quite whimsical it is a it is a very short experience, but don't let that put you off. Like I said, it isn't very linear. You can explore the island. You can do more than two hours worth of gameplay if you really oh, yeah. want to. Oh yeah, once you finish it, you go back and you can yeah. do, you can get more gold. I I did that. I got a few more gold feathers after the fact. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted to see how many you could. What was the limit on the amount of gold feathers you could get? Yeah. I mean, there was also like little breadcrumbs left of like, oh, there's a mysterious island if you look through the binoculars and. Or you can rent a boat. I'm like, oh, I oh, wonder yeah. if I rent a boat right. and I get to the island. And yeah. there's there's other little things that I'm like, oh, maybe, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the language to Japanese and like explore this a little bit more. Um, I uh, yeah, for three pound, actually, I will say, yeah, go on, go play it, buy it, support the developer. It's a good game. Yeah, and I like how they're so upfront with the game's length in the game's title. It's a short yes. hike. You know what you're getting, and you know sometimes, especially me, I prefer these shorter experiences for sure yeah i mean I, we talked about it i like proteus and stuff like that i i think there are some very moving experiences to be had in games that are very short so i i recommend a short hike mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's a good game other than that i played about an hour or so of the new sakura wars game that came out last year oh you, you got that in the open. end yeah yeah i managed after after it kind of disappearing from stock for a while, it seems like they must have reprinted it or something because uh, more copies started showing up again. So I finally got one. Um, first impression of the game <laughs> was right, right. So no, give me. Don't get me wrong. First impression of the game was, oh, you're you're playing as um, this young captain uh, called Kamizama, and you are kind of, you arrive in Tokyo train station, it kind of gives you a bit of a backstory on the old Sakura Wars games and gives you a little bit of a tutorial to say, hey, you can walk around here and you can do these things. For some reason in this train station, which looks really nice and there's like lots of reflections of stained glass coming on the floor and everything else and everything's got that very nice anime aesthetic. The camera was in a fixed position. I was like, oh no, is this going to be one of these games where the camera's in a fixed position? Because it felt very clunky because of that. And so you run around this train station and essentially all it's telling you is, hey, there will be... You can interact with objects, you can interact with people. These are optional things. The main story stuff will all be marked with a little green triangle, um, exclamation mark. Hmm. and so you you go and you do those things and then it shows you a bit of story and like oh wow there's demons and there's robots this is pretty cool Mm -hmm. and i was like oh well i've heard that this game is primarily a visual novel or visual novel aesthetics but there's also combat in the past this was real-time strategy now it is more kind of a virtual on style running around an open arena as a robot blowing stuff up which sounded quite appealing Hmm. i am yet to get to that after playing it for two hours, because I have just been wandering around a theatre, because as well as the Flower Brigade of the old games being a a, a 
essentially like the Tokyo branch of like the the kaiju exterminators. They are also running a theater because they believe that they should keep the spirits up of everyone involved, and so there's lots of there's lots of literal drama around them being like an operatic society who aren't very good, mm-hmm. and it's kind mm-hmm. of not what I was expecting out of this game. And I don't know if that is a holdover from the old games because I've never been able to play them. The only one that is launched in English, to my knowledge, was one on the Wii, which wasn't supposed to be very good, so I didn't pick it up. And, yeah, there's just... I don't know. I I want to get into the combat. I want to get a bit more into the story. But it just seems, like, really weirdly placed where it's trying to, it's trying to say something about, like, yeah, we need to build the morale of people in wartime. But then also, it's a visual novel, so me trying to play this person like a human being is quite difficult because a lot of the options are like you know your usual visual novel tropes of like i'm gonna ask her out on a date and it's like well no there's only really one option if you want to play this like actual people speak versus being a 12 year old boy going hee anime ladies yeah so i i don't know i'm a bit torn on it at the moment i'll i'll keep playing a little bit more the i hope one it wasn't thing i am sorry i couldn't say i hope it wasn't too expensive no i i picked it up for about 20 pounds like okay. it, it wasn't okay. very expensive at all to be honest with you right. Um, Sorry, I interrupted. I continue. <laughs> I will carry on playing it. I, as I've told you, like my my aim of this year is to play games that are either primarily in Japanese or Japanese only, like uh, Buddy Mission Bond, which I've still been playing in the background, very much the same way as I talked about last week. Um, or playing games that have Japanese voiceover, so at least I'm listening to Japanese while I'm playing video games. The VO in this game is only in cutscenes. So there's a lot oh, of reading English, gosh. which is also kind of a bit. It sounds like a nightmare for me, Matt. I'm not going to be playing this game. I I don't think you should, and it's a shame <laughs> because like aesthetically it looks really nice. Um, the the cell shaded kind of character models all look good, but when it actually cuts away into like anime cutscenes, it's like oh wow, this is really well animated, and. I think there is some good stuff there, but it just it seems very rote. It seems like it's very much leaning very heavily on genre tropes for visual novels. And I'm sure the action stuff will be fine. Maybe if I get there and it isn't, I'll perhaps just go, no, I'm not going to play the rest mm. of this game. But let's see. Like, uh, like I said, uh, it's not made a great impression in the first two hours. No. It's only a 20-hour-long game. So I'll be interested to hear how you feel about it when we next talk and you've had a bit yeah. more chance to play it maybe it it's one of those games that takes a while to warm up uh, i mean i i, I don't want so... i haven't got time for that in video games but i i'll i'll give games like three or four hours if after mm. that i i don't feel anything towards it then i'm just going to put it down and play something else like mm. in contrast as much work as buddy mission bond is the story in that game is compelling enough that I want to actually yeah. sit down and translate it, which, you know, to some people is like watching paint dry. But it feels more entertaining actually doing that hard work than actually playing Sakura Wars at the moment. So, Well, there you go. Uh, I've noticed you've been playing that because I, I think on the Switch they've updated some things to show, like, trending games. If you look at what your yeah. friends are playing, then it shows, like... 
a, a broader sort of picture of what people are yeah. playing. Have you have you noticed that recently? Or has I that haven't been around for that. a while. Or? I haven't seen. No, okay. to be honest with you, I never look at what my friends are playing on the Switch. I kind of, I keep forgetting that it's online. To be honest, yeah. With you can play a 3D world online. So if you want to play multiplayer online, you can do that. It's not just a couch co-op. Oh, that's cool. Maybe I can play it with my nephew. Maybe I'll yeah. look into that. That'd yeah, nice. I thought that was that was a feature that I forgot to mention earlier. Hey, Matt, i tell you what I've been playing more of. Part-time what? UFO. I just sat there. Yeah. Like, like for, How uh, have you not beaten that game yet? It's well, not I've beaten it now. I've beaten it now. Okay. I'm, getting the, I'm getting all the achievements on the Google, ah. the Google achievements on the game. And that's really good, good fun. And I feel like for the first time, I'm getting into achievements on a mobile platform. And I've never really experienced that before. But once you do the main... Um, part-time UFO which I was surprised actually has an ending and like a boss battle yes, and yeah. it does yeah <laughs> then you uh then you can do all these little challenges and uh, it's such a good game uh yeah it is I I love that game honestly like the, the aesthetic style the general feel of it all of the like audio stuff all of the silly things like hide find the hidden photographer and all of this oh, like yeah. little stuff is just great there's some puzzles which are quite hard. They're usually the ones where you have to place all the blocks within sort of the, the template, you know, and yeah. you have to make sure they're standing the right way around and they only fit together in a certain way. And those ones I find the most challenging. But it's made me um, intrigued to m- perhaps play the Switch version because the Switch version has multiplayer, I hear. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Yes. Uh, I think it might be enough to make me pick it up, but it is around about the £8 mark, so I'm sort of waiting for a sale on that one. £8 doesn't sound a lot, but having already bought the game on my phone, it's sort of like, just for the multiplayer, I'm not sure if... Uh, maybe if it was like a couple of quid off. Uh, yeah, a couple of quid off. I, I would pick it up at a couple of quid off, I think, because I, I would want the wife to experience it, because I think it's... Oh yeah, it's stuff like um, so when you're at the farm and you and you're putting stuff into the back of the truck uh, in multiplayer, yeah. you do that together, and there's a much bigger truck, and it, that sounds very simple. But when I was watching the video, I thought, oh yeah, that seems great. I can't wait to maybe play that. So yeah, I may investigate the Switch version at some point. But for now, I'm, I'm really quite happy with the phone version. And I say those achievements, it's like, um, buy so many things in this shop, maybe do this particular level, like the fishing level, wearing the sailor outfit, and then yeah. you get an achievement and things like that. that that's uh, That's been great. Um, best mobile game I've played in ages, and I know I was really late to the party because you've recommended that um, years ago. I, re- I remember playing that when we were living in Grauheim, I think. Like right at no, the start. It's not that old, so. is it? I think so. It's either that it's either that old or like a year after that. It was very, very early on. Well, I think the Switch version's uh, relatively new. Yeah, it is definitely the Switch version only came out recently. But I think also on Android, I think it only came out very recently. It's been ah, okay, yes, I've been playing and oh, 2018. That's the Android version, I'm sure. It can't be the regular An- version. Initial release date, 26th of February, 2018, Matthew. Wow. Okay. Two years so later, it was released on the Switch. First moved. That's weird. No, it came out in iOS um, November 2017. Well, it doesn't say that here. 
It says worldwide in February 2018, but I'm pretty yeah. sure I downloaded it on the sly from a Japanese iTunes account. Um, but anyway, I mean, to be fair, that I only put it out like a month before. God, time has no meaning anymore. I've I've said this multiple times, but yeah. time has no meaning yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's really like, weird. That whole last together. year, just 2020, did it happen? I don't know. Uh, not really. Uh, no. I Hey, I picked up another game. I picked up um, Call of... Oh, can't. It's not Jerez, is it? It's like Juarez. Call of Juarez. Call of Juarez, yeah. Um, Gun Slinger? For the yeah. Switch, because it was on sale, and I fancy playing the first-person shooter, something cowboy-esque, and I don't know if you've played that on the I formats. have never played any of the Call of Juarez games. I, um, I remember playing a demo, the first one, and thinking it was okay. Yeah, this is a pretty straightforward uh, enter an area, shoot a few people, slow down time a bit, you know. Uh, it's all done in sort of flashback. So you're reminiscing about, oh, yeah, this happened. And then sometimes it would go, actually, it didn't happen like that. And you can rewind time. And then you'll replay it a different way. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It looks good enough on the Switch. I've only played it in handheld mode so far. And it's probably the cheapest first-person shooter you could buy for the Switch uh, that's not right. Doom or Wolfenstein. Or... That's the only ones that come to mind. But there must be others. I'm sure are there, there are definitely other first-person shooters on the Switch. I mean, like Warframe and stuff are on there as well, right? Like, ah, okay. there are free-to-play games. But strangely, they've not released a Call of Duty on the Switch yet. You know, such a huge platform. Have, have they not? No, I don't think there's Call of Duty on the Switch. Not that I know of, anyway. It seems I'm crazy. surprised that, like, Black Ops, the first, like, you know, they didn't release one of the Wii U games. Yeah, they could do like a, a pack, like a best of pack, maybe include the first three Black Ops or something, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. But uh, I also thought the other day, there's no Soul Calibur on the Switch either. There's no Tekken on the Switch. It's like, no. back on the Wii U, they, there was Tekken. Back on the Wii, there was Soul Calibur. Well, Soul Calibur Legends, so it's <laughs> count that. Yeah. But uh, of course, both the Wii and the Wii U had Call of Duty. So it seems really odd to me. Has a Wii even got? Has a Switch got FIFA? Yeah, the Switch has got FIFA. It's like FIFA Legacy, though. I think it's okay. I think they released one or two Switch games of kind of ports of the PS3 and Xbox 360 games, and I think they've been re-releasing those since. Okay. Because when you look at, say, the, the top sales for games, Nintendo were quite still quite dominant. Stuff like Ring Fit or uh, Animal Crossing, they're still featuring in that top 10. Even Breath of the Wild, I think, is in the top 20 somewhere. To um, be fair, like um, Ring Fit and Animal Crossing are still in the top 10 yeah. like UK chart sales, yeah. like everything. Yeah, and Mario so Kart. Actually, I think me. Mario Kart 8 is even above both those games still yeah so that I think all Mario... my sorry <laughs> i was gonna say i think uk top 10 games let me just check i know call of duty's up there i know assassin's creed is up there there is assassin's but... creed on switch i noticed today they've yeah. got three and they've got um black flag and rogue <laughs> i just sorry i just googled this and the guardian gave me um 
video games top 20 for the UK from December 10th, 2012. Wow. That must have been a very popular article. <laughs> uh, I guess so. Um, okay, let's have a quick side game, Tom. What do you think is the top game of December 2012? I can't know what came out in 2012. Okay, yes, okay. Um, so Calibre 5. Uh, Soul Calibur 5 is not on the list. Uh, that should have been on there, shouldn't it? Uh, should have. What else came out around that time? I'm trying to remember back to when we first started uh, LEGO. Um, well, I mean, you you guess the obvious. Time. 3D Land. Is 3D Land in there? Um, 3D Land isn't in there. Uh, however, New Super Mario Brothers 2 for the 3DS is. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Uh, Shadows of Damned? <laughs> Shadows of the Damned is not in there, Tom. Think obvious things. I've oh, literally Call just of said Duty. the one. Call of Duty, or FIFA. Yes. Yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops Two is number one. FIFA is FIFA Thirteen is number three. Hmm. Okay. Come on, I want you to get the top five. I think the top five is Animal Crossing on the 3DS. I don't know. No. Was there one on the 3DS? That was later, wasn't it? Yes, there was. New Leaf. I played yeah. it to death. Remember, I got an injury. We uh, talked Pokemon. about this at length. Is there, was there a Pokemon? Okay. There's not a Pokemon. Tom, I've mentioned it seconds ago, one of the other ones. Final Fantasy. <laughs> right then, I'll give you Assassin's a clue. Creed. All... Sorry, Assassin's Creed. Yes, Assassin's Creed is number five. I was going to say, all three other games in the top five that you hadn't mentioned before Assassin's Creed are also Ubisoft games. Rayman? No. Uh, Rainbow Six? No. Ubisoft? Uh, F- Far Cry something or other. Yes, Far Cry 3 <laughs> is number two on this list. Um, the other one, Tom, is a Ubisoft game that you or I have absolutely no interest in, and yet there's been oh, one Oh, Just Dance, of... Just Dance. Exactly, yeah. Just Dance um, 4 is, yeah. is number four. Okay. Primarily, mainly platform share, 91% of those sales on the Wii, unsurprisingly. Wow, that's quite interesting, yeah. 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 Um, it does make you wonder why there isn't a Call of Duty on the Switch yet. Why there's does... no Star Wars games on the Switch, isn't it? I, I mean, other than Lego Star Wars, I guess. Maybe. Oh, Lego I Star don't Wars. even know. Maybe. I don't um, know. <laughs> this, this games chart on the Metro website says, Animal Crossing is still UK number one um, for a chart the 6th of February 2021. Um, oh. all UK all UK formats chart six uh, of February. Animal Crossing uh, is number one. Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is number two. Call of Duty Three Black Ops Cold War is number three. Ring oh. Fit Adventures number four. Minecraft is number five. Grand Theft Auto Five is number six. Um, Just Dance Twenty Twenty One is number seven. FIFA Twenty One is number eight. Super Mario Three D All Stars is number nine. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla is number ten. Interestingly enough, they also have the the Japanese uh, charts in this Metro article and the US ones. Um, no noticeable differences. Neo Two, the complete edition, is number f- uh, ten in Japan. Number nine is uh, fifty one worldwide games. What's that um, one? Neo Neo Two. Neo, yeah, you know, uh, Samurai Dark Souls that isn't oh, that Sekiro. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, Smash Brothers is also in the Japanese chart. 
nothing noticeable in the US so one other than the NBA. long and short of it, Matt, is Nintendo Switch is doing great. Why on earth are there no Nintendo Switch versions of Call of Duty? Call or... of Duty. Call of Duty. Probably because it at this point it would com- be a completely different team. In the it same would. Way it would. They, they do... can't port it. Yeah. No. Because it's too um, demanding. So I that's guess, probably but... a factor. Actually, saying um, that, I just said they can't port it. They port Doom Eternal. Yeah, they do, but I mean, yeah, that's fair. I th- yeah, okay. uh, Wolfenstein 2, both visually quite impressive games. So there, there would be a way to port Call of Duty to the Switch. I mean, you you would have to imagine that it's probably Activision looking at the numbers that they've done on the Wii and the Wii U and going, this isn't worth it for us. Oh, yes, they did. Uh, yeah, they maybe say this platform isn't a platform for Call of Duty. Exactly, and I'm sure, I'm absolutely sure that there's probably research out there saying, like, the Switch is a companion console to the other yeah. consoles. So, so, so they probably own one of the other ones also. Exactly, where they can also purchase Call of Duty. I mean, it's unsurprising to me there's nothing that's on the PS5 exclusively in the, the top five, because, I mean, A, that's a very slim pool, but, I mean, B, no one can still get a bloody PS5, so... I wonder if that is also having something to do with the sales and what is the top of the chart, but who knows. Oh, uh, Ratchet and Clank's coming out in June, I think, for the PS5. Oh, really? It's been announced. Yeah, they've got, Gosh, it's got a I, launch date now. It'd be nice if I had a PS5 by then. I think a lot of people are saying exactly the same thing, you know. Are people excited for their game, but if it's only PS5, then, you know, unless they get more I consoles out there. I'm not one to talk on speculation. I, I talk... In the the vaguest of senses. Oh, hang on. Interesting. Sorry. What's I that, just, man? I logged on. I wanted. To, Sounded I wanted like a musical talk. fart. <laughs> well, well, at least over in my headphones, it did. So no, it was a, a snort of ooh. I think is the thing. No, it doesn't matter. I went on. Um, I went on the Danish retailer Bilka because I was going to just double check that there wasn't any PS fives, and it said. Um, can't buy online for both of them, but it says, "Oh, PS4, uh, PS5 digitals are in our warehouse." And I was like, "Oh my god, is there a digital one? Maybe I'll just buy a digital one." But great, digital? No, stuff. no, you'll regret that. I mean, I would just sell it <laughs> for twice as much money oh, yeah. and buy a regular one. Right, there you go. You join the oh. masses with that. Um, have you noticed just slightly? There's quite a few uh, top tier games appearing on the uh, PlayStation Plus and the Xbox Live Gold. Yes, I have. Um, it also kind of made me not laugh, but kind of groan a little bit. The control is on PlayStation Plus at the moment, the Ultimate Edition, it which is. is compatible with the PS5, which I then got for free as a PlayStation Plus owner, but owning the physical version of Control, the Collector's Edition, is now worthless, because like, I have a free version of it for the PS4. Oh, did you own also, it? I didn't know you you owned it. I bought it around the time it came out, but it, oh. I heard it played trash on the the launch PS4, so I'd never played it because I was going to get a Pro. Um, I, I never did because I was like, well, I'll just wait for a PS5. Hmm. Yeah, um, so... Well, not only that, you've got um, on the Xbox, you've got Gears 5 free. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, at this point, it is a pretty old game. Yeah, like I cannot play Gears Four. <laughs> like Control's Ultimate Edition only came out in November, Tom. Yeah, that's crazy. That's um, I, I wonder. I guess 
if we're going do as well for them as they thought it maybe would maybe um I wonder, though, if Gears has sold enough. For example, I don't know about Control, but when these games do go on these services, is it maybe because they've already sold so much? I mean, Gears 5 must have sold a lot. So it's like, oh, well, we'll put it on gold now. Because things are different nowadays with Game Pass and the PlayStation equivalent. Well, well, I don't know what that is. But uh, it's the PlayStation equivalent. PlayStation Plus, mate. Oh, no, they don't. Uh, They have PlayStation Now, but, I mean, that isn't... Oh, that's that not for newer games, is it? No, it's PS3 games and stuff. Okay, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, <laughs> Gears 5 must have done pretty well for them to now be offering it like that. Because they're, they're, they're effectively killing its its retail sales, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but I mean, also, it, God, that's almost, a, that's like third year of the Xbox One, Tom. Like, that's a very old Gears game. Gears 5? I thought Gears 5 was relatively, no, it's not new. It's not new. No, it isn't. Um, as, as I say, I've not played four, so. <laughs> to be fair, Gear, Gears Five came out in two thousand nineteen. Again, time What's has wrong no with you? What's wrong? With I you don't now? know. <laughs> Everything seems so long ago. Uh, okay, yeah, I thought it was more recent. Um, but next, what what's going to happen next? Sea of Thieves, Forza, whatever number they're on, seven. Forza 7, Sea of Thieves, these all could potentially now come to um, Xbox Live Gold. To be fair, the fact, who knows what's gonna Thieves, with PlayStation. the fact that Sea of Thieves isn't a Games with Gold game, I know it's on Game Pass, is interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think eventually it will, because they're keeping that an evergreen, aren't they? It's Games as a Service to the max now, Sea yeah. of Thieves. So. That's yeah, true. I just thought I'd mention that. You know, if uh, if our listeners didn't know, they probably did already because these games are available for a little while now. But it's like lots of um, top tier titles, ones that I've been interested in playing for quite some time, appearing on there, and even older ones. Uh, Dead Rising's on there now, and uh, that's on the that's on Xbox. Dead Rising, and yeah. uh, what's the other one? Resident Evil, the the GameCube remake is on Xbox, mm-hmm. but it was previously been on PlayStation anyway. So. I'm rambling I'm, now, Matthew. I'm rambling I, on. I'm rambling as well, Tom. It's the end of the podcast. I'm just <laughs> questioning my life decisions when I'm like, God, I can't even remember what game came out in what year anymore because of the world. Anyways, on that note, let's mm. wrap this up. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, you can find us in a variety of places on blastprocess.com. We are on... Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Attack on Twitter at TMA Cast. Tom Parry 11 for Tom at Game Boy for me, where you can tweet at us about various things. Uh, you can listen to the podcast in a variety of places as well. Pre mentioned blastprocess.com. We're on the wonderful Tom and Attack.com forward slash podcast, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. While you're there, why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Let us know you're listening and share the podcast with people you think may be interested. Yeah, that's right. So it goes. Tom, always a pleasure, mate. Um, I look forward to telling you more about Sakura Wars next week uh, if I'm still playing it, and if not, I'll find something else. Oh, if I've had time, I will more than likely have played through uh, Bowser's Fury, because I say I can't get enough of it at the moment. I will probably have picked that up. I may also have a perspective on it. A hottest of hot takes. Sounds Um, exciting. I can't wait till next week's podcast. Oh, gosh. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Oh well, until then everybody, be sure to game on. Game on. <laughs>